0: Welcome to the Relationships Inside Out podcast with Drs. Gregory Siebert and Kimberly Murray, licensed marriage and family therapists. Join them on this journey as they explore the ins and outs of relationships.
1: All right. Well, welcome to Relationships Inside Out today, where we're going to be talking about obsessive compulsive disorder or often referred to as OCD.
0: I think we all have like a Hollywood definition of what that looks like (laughs) or a picture of it. Yeah. But we want to talk about what that actually looks like in reality and how common this mm-hmm. can be. Like we think of it as a very small subset and it it is a small subset per se, but mm-hmm. it actually affects quite a few people.
1: Yeah. You, and men and women equally, it's present in all cultures, races.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's definitely something that anybody can experience or may experience in throughout their lifetime.
0: Um, and it doesn't, ha- for me, like one thing I also think about is people think, well, if I didn't have it when I was 18, I'm not going to have it as an adult. And that's not the case. It can enter at different parts of our lives, and we can mm-hmm. treat it, and it can go away at different parts of our lives.
1: Yeah, and it tends to develop in late adolescence, but it doesn't mean it can't develop <laughs> later in life, depending on what you're going through, right? And and there's not really a consensus on what might be causing this, but things like biological factors, right, genetics, or but even stress,
0: significant or, life events, birth yeah. of a child, trauma.
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of that, and we want to break it down by the obsessions and the compulsions. That's really what kind of defines mm-hmm. this disorder. And and granted. Some of the symptoms we talk about today doesn't mean that it's diagnosable in everybody. All of us have obsessions, mm-hmm. all of us have compulsions, but it's a degree to which it affects your life and disrupts That's your right. life. Um, the degree to which you can't control it, and it's something that you you know for at least an hour a day or more where you're fixated on these um, mm-hmm. obsessions. So
0: and where it's disturbing or interrupting, right, your life, your mm-hmm. the routine you'd like to have. Yes. So let's break it down. Obsessions.
1: Yep. These are the thoughts or images or things like uh, of the sort mm-hmm. that we are obsessing on that we can't get out and and we perceive them as very dangerous
0: mm-hmm.
1: or intrusive or disruptive. Mm-hmm.
0: Those are the things that stay within our brain, right? This isn't what our body's doing, it's what our minds doing.
1: Yeah, and it could be um I'm going to get infected, right? I see, we see a lot with the the germs and cleanliness, mm-hmm. so I'm going to get infected or something bad's going to happen today. Mm-hmm. Um some, something that might be catastrophic to, to someone. or
0: ca- contamination's a big one. Yeah, right. So if I touch this surface, now anything I touch the rest of the day or until I scrub or whatever mm-hmm. or if my clothes touch it now everything my clothes touches is contaminated. This is a big mm-hmm. one.
1: Yeah or if I don't check the locks in the house something bad's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is fine. We might all have that thought, but to what extent are you continuously thinking about it, that it's consuming you and now it's controlling your actions, which then leads to the compulsions. The Mm -hmm. compulsions are really the behaviors we engage in that, you know, don't bring us pleasure, but they can bring relief in that anxiety from the obsessions.
0: They kind of mitigate those thoughts.
1: Yeah. They relieve some of it and and they might be irrational, Mm -hmm. right? So I have some clients who everything has to be in a certain place and location in the room, including their children's diapers. Mm -hmm. They have to be folded a certain way. Like Everything has to be perfect. And if not, something bad is going to happen.
0: Certain order, certain color trail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or there was somebody um, that I had a while back that had to touch every doorknob in their house. Otherwise, they have a bad day, right? So the obsession is, is, I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to have a bad day. How do I relieve the anxiety? Well, okay. If I touch every doorknob in the house, I'm going to have a good day. Mm-hmm. And it helps relieve the anxiety. It may not be rational, but mm-hmm.
0: see this a lot with postpartum. With mm-hmm. postpartum, Postpartum depression and anxiety are fairly common. Mm-hmm. And part of this can be that OCD part where we fear our child getting hurt, where we fear we might hurt our child, not an intention to hurt our child. That's mm-hmm. very different. That's postpartum psychosis. Very different. This is, I'm afraid I'm going to drop my baby. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my mind. I'm afraid I'm going to um, not take care of them properly and they'll get hurt. Even up to like, I'm afraid I want to actually hurt or harm my baby. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, but I'm afraid I might. So then I'm hiding things from myself. I am making sure other people are around me. That's the compulsion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even if I have no intention, right? That thought comes through what would be an intrusive thought, that mm-hmm. thought of but what if they get hurt?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What if I do this? What if someone else does this? Yeah. And then we start limiting what we're doing with our baby, where we go with our baby, all the things.
1: Yeah, and and where I typically see this is when I'm seeing the couples. Mm. So individuals might come and we'll explore this, but in the couples it comes up a lot because there will be a partner where every there can't be a sink in the or there can't be a dish in the sink. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything has to be clean and scrubbed. And I think about how this manifests itself in the relationship and yeah. and how that impacts the dynamics and the sense of control, right? Because it's really getting a sense of control over these obsessions. And that's where the compulsions come in. I feel a sense of control when I engage in these behaviors to help mitigate it. And then I look at that in the context of relationships of how does that partner adapt or not adapt?
0: Yeah. What tension does that create? Because if for me to feel satisfied to go to bed, I need it perfectly pristine mm-hmm. and my partner's not on board, mm-hmm. say I'm the partner that might have some of these OCD symptoms. Now I'm looking at it as you don't care. Mm-hmm. Why is this important to you? What's wrong with you? Right. Whereas the other partner is saying it's just mm-hmm. a dish. This is where that tension arises. It's and how not do you just mitigate a dish,
1: that? Kim. It's not just a dish. That's what my husband says. <laughs> <laughs> but but and it's interesting kind of what you're talking about is there's the part of, of how that partner feels of like, yeah. I don't understand what's going on. Then you have the part where the obsessions kind of take away from that partner being present in the relationship because mm-hmm. their focus is on mitigating the anxiety around the obsessions, which takes away from time from being present and, and attending to their partner's needs. Um, it becomes all about, you know, their needs in that state, um, and unconscious, right. They're not purposely doing that.
0: This can also be, especially in partnerships, right. Some of these more anxious thoughts of, okay, they haven't talked to me in 10 minutes. They must be doing something bad. They must've gotten in a car accident. Yeah. And now my mind is off to the races. So now I'm texting mm-hmm. them. I'm calling them. I'm on repeat when they were just going to the bathroom. They just didn't yeah. have service, but those intrusive thoughts are coming in mm-hmm and taking over my behavior, taking over my rational part of my brain.
1: Yeah. And again, going back, like we talked about it in the sense of diagnosing, right? The obsessive compulsive disorder. But again, a lot of us have these thoughts Mm -hmm. or obsessions or things. So it may not, just because we have them doesn't mean you're diagnosed with this.
0: True. True. We can all have tendencies. Mm -hmm. And for just a caveat for diagnosis, you need to go to a trained professional to do this. Yeah. I recommend a psychiatrist for any type of mental Not Google. What? Not Dr. Google. (laughs) For any type of diagnoses and medical treatment, I recommend a psychiatrist.
1: Yeah. That was my, that was my favorite thing kind of in in our field when I was in my master's program was we'd all go through like the DSM, the diagnostic statistical manual. And, and anybody can do this and look up the manual (laughs) and you're going to see that you have everything. (laughs) Yeah. But, but the reality is, is we all have tendencies in a lot of these things. It doesn't mean you're diagnosed that, you know, um, we all have tendencies. And so when we're talking about OCD, um, refrain from saying like, yep, I, I have this disorder, unless you've been officially diagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. we're talking about in the context of how does this show up? Like what is it, how does it show up in a relationship? Whether that's in the context of being diagnosed with it or more just tendencies. Mm-hmm.
0: Good point. Good point. It is. T- <laughs> I laugh because I've been there. It's t- <laughs> We have a tendency as therapists to see these diagnoses and be like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I have everything. At least I do. And everyone <laughs> in my program did. <laughs> yeah. But these do show up in different ways for different people. Yeah. For some people it centers around things like driving. For other people, it centers around things like germs or contamination.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For other people it might be the tapping or touching procedure yeah. it can be doom yeah,
1: doom and gloom like again the bad day i see that one a lot like i'm going to have a bad day if this doesn't happen or i'm going to superstition if i'm going to have a car accident yeah and i think superstition comes up a lot in this stuff and that's the the kind of the rituals or the compulsions that we engage in to help relieve some of that you know um the client that was touching all the doorknobs it it like they talked about friends would come and pick them up mm-hmm. and They'd be a half hour, 45 minutes late because they had to make sure they hit all the doorknobs. And if they forgot, they'd have to go back and do it in the same order. Order, yep. Order is a big one, symmetry.
0: Mm -hmm. The way we do it. Mm -hmm. That's superstition I think of like sports teams, right? I have to wear this jersey, this hat on this day or my team will lose.
1: The hockey, right?
0: Especially hockey. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have OCD. It means you have a tendency, Mm -hmm. right? A pattern of belief that's accompanied by some behaviors. You can just have the obsessions, just the thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You don't have to have the compulsions with it, though they commonly coexist.
1: Yeah. And the thing too is that um, the key here is whether you're able to control them or not.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you don't feel like you can control your obsessions and, and some to say thought comes in that's very disturbing and you're not able just to move on quickly and it it mm-hmm. consumes you, then that's where we want to start looking at as a concern. Does it impair your ability to function? Yeah. To take away from your relationships, like we talked about a little bit ago, about in the relationship, can you not be present? Your parenting, your mental health, your physical health. Parenting's a big one.
0: Mm-hmm. I think about, I was just thinking about all the words we use that sometimes describe these OCD behaviors, such as like perfectionism or gosh, you're so anal. These are all code for you might have some obsessive <laughs> or compulsive behaviors. Yeah. Right. That I want things a certain way. I need a performance a certain way. Mm-hmm. I need to be at a certain standard or it's devastating.
1: Yes. And, um, yeah, let's talk about this a little bit more with parents. So Ooh. I'll have clients who talk about, and mm-hmm. I, and I, when I do the family history
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I look at them like, wow, that, that parent that they had engaged in a lot of these OCD tendencies. And I, and the thing that I typically see is, is, a fear of failure in the Mm -hmm. child or a need to be perfect um, Mm -hmm. comes up a lot as as fear
0: of them getting hurt is a huge one. Yeah. Huge, especially with babies, Mm -hmm. huge one, right? Or a fear of not having the resources. Then we see some hoarding, Mm -hmm. a fear Mm -hmm. of um, that contamination. So we don't let anybody help us with the baby. That also goes with the fear of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. We don't let anyone help us with the baby. No one can touch the baby. None of that business, right? Mm-hmm. It shows up a lot in parenting,
1: especially with COVID. Oof. That COVID
0: brought out the
1: contamination Has come out quite a bit,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Which is okay. I mean, I understand. it makes sense. Again, does it impair your ability to function? Right? Are you okay with that? Are you happy? Are you still getting your needs met socially? If if you're kind of keeping in your own little bubble.
0: If we have these thoughts as parents of our child getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Maybe we limit them from sports. Maybe yeah. we go to helicopter parenting, which we've talked about before, is not so helpful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe we never let our kids go outside, take yeah. a risk, do something outside of our arms reach, yeah. which comes with ramifications, right? So it has that ripple effect. So my my OCD tendencies have a ripple effect then on my child, on mm-hmm. my support system, on my partner.
1: And that's what I was referring to a little bit earlier is I see the adult child. Now they're an adult yeah. and I see the need for perfection, the fear of failing.
0: And then it carries to the next generation. They need the
1: orderly, right? And then that kind of bleeds over into that intergenerational transmission of, of these behaviors too, right? And that's, you talk about, again, we don't necessarily know the specific cause, but the family mm-hmm. um, history is, is one of those.
0: What's important here is I, I really want to point out, this is not something that we choice into. Right, we're not. We don't wake up and say like, "Oh, I think I'm going to be OCD today." Like that's not a thing.
1: <laughs> I wish I would just turn. It, I would just turn it off.
0: <laughs> These are things that are mm-hmm. typically unconscious. Mm-hmm. They are not something that is in rational, reasonable thinking. Yeah, doesn't mean that we can't pull them into our more conscious thought and treat them, mm-hmm. but they often are not something that is from what would be our prefrontal cortex or that rational and reasonable thinking right right it comes from survival it comes from um, an event we went through it comes from biological factors that are still unknown to be honest Mm -hmm. with science
1: yeah and if we break it down very in my mind as i break it down is we have these thoughts the intrusive Mm -hmm. thoughts the obsessive thoughts they lead to anxiety Mm -hmm. the compulsions are there to help mitigate that anxiety And it goes back to everything we're talking about, like the helicopter parenting. Why? To mitigate the anxiety that something bad might happen to my child, or they might get into something bad, or Mm -hmm. maybe my fear that they're not going to need me. Mm
0: -hmm. And then the tricky part is, okay, so a helicopter parent, look, they didn't get hurt. It affirms now my, again, OCD behaviors and thoughts, because look, because I did that, my child didn't get hurt. So now I'm going to keep doing yeah. that because it kept them safe.
1: Yeah. Negatively reinforcing, mm-hmm. right? Engage in these negative behaviors and it reinforces that anxiety Yep. Um, or the the compulsions, if you will.
0: And it creates a cycle, mm-hmm. a really tough cycle at like that. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about supporting people who have OCD tendencies or diagnosed OCD, again, it's not as simple as, well, just stop doing it. Just stop touching the doorknobs. <laughs> I wish it were that simple, but it's not. It's yeah. not because it is so intrusive, because it is so disruptive and it takes over our entire brain space. So what are some things you do to help people kind of move through this?
1: Well, one that I think is a very common one to, to treat this is um, exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. So in the, like, go back to the example of helicopter parenting, it reinforces so the helicopter parent, and then they have this confirmation bias that, oh, well, nothing happened. And it's because I did X, so therefore this must work. And that's going to help relieve my anxiety. Exposure has them do the opposite. And we've talked about it mm-hmm. in previous ep- episodes, but it's very gradual, safe. Um,
0: with a care provider.
1: With someone trained um, to help re-expose to situations where you don't helicopter and witness and observe if the threat's still there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And start building evidence that there isn't a correlation between my helicopter parenting and
0: And, and if they do get hurt, is it as catastrophic as I anticipated? Mm-hmm. Or is it just a band-aid?
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's very, very gradual. Like for example, I that, that mm-hmm. going back to the one where they couldn't move anything in the, in the room, everything had to be in a certain way. It was simple as like, just move the diaper slightly, not even an inch, just move it and observe what happens that next day.
0: And learn to sit with it, and sit with that anxiety, that discomfort
1: and sit with it and learn to soothe through it and giving some relaxation techniques, right? Mindfulness, mm-hmm. relaxation, some mm-hmm. breathing so that, that's one that I like, and I know that we both use CBT, and that's definitely a, a, a very helpful one.
0: That's the cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. So it's examining how our thoughts and behaviors coincide, how they go together. What do they look like now? What am I thinking now? Mm-hmm. What led to this thought? What's the behavior as a result? And then how do I shift that? How do I want mm-hmm. to shift it? Part of this is that pre-contemplative or contemplative, right? It's not just about change. It's thinking, how do I want to change? Mm-hmm. How do I create tolerance or soothing or coping within myself so that when I take that first step towards change, I'm actually ready? Yeah. Just jump in two feet in. You could actually create mo- a little bit more damage.
1: Yeah, we call that flooding. When too much comes, this is why it's mm-hmm. very gradual, especially with because exposure is part of like the behavioral piece too yeah. in, in CBT. Um, but then there's also the part of CBT where you're actually challenging these intrusive thoughts we've talked in previous episodes about the thought log and here we go again, it comes back to how do we condition more adaptive balanced thinking? How do we challenge this evidence mm-hmm. of what our mind is trying to do to protect us? You know, from an evolutionary mm-hmm. basis, our mind is assuming worse can happen yep. um, and makes sense survival, right? I'd rather assume all those lions are dangerous or what have you, um, but that leads to anxiety. So how do we move past that instead of just be stuck in that, that cycle? Um, and that's conditioning those adaptive responses of, you know, I haven't always helicopter parent and my child's been fine. My parents didn't helicopter parent.
0: I see other parents who aren't.
1: Yeah. look at the other parents who aren't and really just trying to find evidence to help disrupt and interrupt that thought. So that's not the thought that's consuming you.
0: And with exposure, there's also imagery that goes with it. So Mm -hmm. before we even take that step, it's imagining taking that step. Yeah. It's imagining that things go well, right? So it's not just the behavior that shifts, but the thoughts right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what you're just saying too, is even if we look at like self-talk, oh, I'm such a failure. If I let my child get hurt, I'm the worst mother ever.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So challenging those thoughts, how instead mm-hmm. do I want to look at it? I'm glad my child yeah. took the risk. They're okay. Yeah, It was just a aid.
1: And challenge the thought of I'm crazy because I have obsessive thoughts. You're human. Good point. We have these, that comes up a lot too, is because I have these and I have to do this. I must be crazy. Cause the thing is, is with these thoughts, even though on an unconscious level, they might be coming up, we're aware of them and mm-hmm. they're uncomfortable. And we don't know how to control them. doesn't mean you're crazy. No. Welcome, welcome to being human.
0: And we all do it at different times, yes. different stages, different seasons. And again, it's not a conscious thing. It's not something you chose to do, something you chose to think.
1: Or wake up, as you said, and say, I want to do you today. <laughs>
0: I hear this so often in partnerships of just stop it. Oh. That sentence makes me like cringe from the yeah. center of my core because it's not that simple.
1: My my favorite thing to do um, in this context is hang out with other couples during very intense sports events, sporting events, where one of the partners really loves that. I mean, they're so into it. And I just like in a in a fun way, in a fun way, just tell the partner like, Let's see what what see what um, little rituals they have to make sure they have they have to sit on the same couch they have to have like remote control. They can't same talk
0: during certain plays.
1: Yeah, they have <laughs> to breathe. They have to sit certain way. Um, they have to wear this like the jersey, or they have to touch things. I, I noticed that that comes up a lot during sporting events for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, even for myself. So,
0: or even in terms of like this is a little bit more murky, but even in terms of religious practices, right? If I make mm-hmm. a subtle mistake or do something a little bit different. It's the same thing. Yeah. So with this, okay, so we have the exposure. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Another piece, and you kind of brought up was this relaxation. What we do know is stress makes OCD worse or Mm -hmm. those OCD tendencies, it makes it worse. So if we can do things, not just to treat the OCD, but to treat our Mm -hmm. own stress and anxiety levels outside of that, That can really help to reduce it. Mm -hmm. So figuring out what for your body brings you healing and coping and calm, what people bring you joy or comfort, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Again, that's a big one. It's focusing on the present without judgment, really getting to know Mm -hmm. yourself in this moment, not what has happened, not what Mm -hmm. will happen these different techniques can help kind of soothe the mind soothe the nervous system Mm -hmm. and slow us down a little bit giving us more room to work with the ocd stuff
1: yeah and and i like these two because going back to the sporting events for example you know why is it that some engage in rituals and some don't and one thing that comes up is the meaning they put on the outcome yep learning to sit and relax and soothe regardless of the outcome Mm -hmm. can you enjoy the process of the the game or you're watching if you're so focused on making sure that you're engaged in the ritual, so everything works out perfectly,
2: mm-hmm. right? That's that, a good point. That
1: fear of the outcome, the fear of it not working out the way that you want. What's wrong with it not working out the way you want? What's about that, per- happen? that
0: makes me think about our perfectionist perfectionism episode, Yes, right? Where we're just focused on the end, the end product. Yep. Can we enjoy the journey? Can we sit with the discomfort? Can we have fun with the excitement, the anxiety? I know that sounds weird. Having fun with our anxiety.
1: You <laughs> that's not fun. But can we
0: get to know it? Can we lean into it? Can mm-hmm. we try to find the joy that comes from it yeah.
1: and the tolerance? And this pulls in the exposure piece again. Mm-hmm. How do we learn to sit with and be okay with that discomfort, the physiological discomfort too, as well as the emotional?
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. we experience anxiety, you're talking about you know the heart beating, maybe the palms sweating, mm-hmm. um, some shaking or trembling, or shortness of breath. Like how do we be okay with that knowing we're going to be okay?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's important here to back to the partner piece. If you're the partner listening and saying, oh man, this is my partner. Like they definitely have OCD tendencies, right? We're not diagnosing. (laughs) They have tendencies. How can partners be supportive? What do you tell partners? If they say like, man, my partner is really OCD. I hear that all the time. What do you tell partners to do?
1: I mean, it's tough. I I mean, because I don't want dependency on that partner to help feed that OCD. So some things I ha- that I do talk about is them talking about how that partner can be supportive. And then mm-hmm. I guide whether I feel that's appropriate or not based on whether I think that's going to just exacerbate the symptoms or perpetuate sure. them. Um, but how can they be supportive in that process in the sense of, okay, if there's a dish in the sink, how can we work together to resolve the anxiety around this? What can I do as anxiety around it rather than that person just always cleaning that dish? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how can I help? With you sitting with the anxiety rather than how can I just solve it?
0: At the core of that is support, not necessarily like doing things, support, but exactly non judgmental. We're being kind, right? If we're sitting there judging our partner, oh, you're really touching the doorknobs again. <laughs> it doesn't help. It actually makes that so much worse. Yeah. So if you can lean into getting curious about it, asking them mm-hmm. what they need, asking how you can support if they do want to change, how you can support mm-hmm. in that process but not exacerbating the anxiety or the shame around it. I think you don't solve
1: it. Yeah. And by solving it is for example, of the dish in the sink, don't just take the dish out because then that's the, that's the solution. But then what's next? What other burden are you going to take on to help resolve partner's anxiety when there's a lot of work that needs to be done on their side too. So again, going back to how do you support it? And I've seen this in, in, in not a lot, but I've seen this where the partner who's aware of the other ones, like OCD tendencies, They'll do something to throw their partner off. Like they'll go and put the dish in the sink and and leave it there, knowing it'll that's set their partner shitty. right. Um, As
0: someone who's got some of these tendencies, I'm like oh, out of frustration. That's cold. Fr- <laughs> that is cold.
1: <laughs> out, of, out of like frustration, or and maybe maybe just kind of burnt out with like I'm just tired of it. And they're like, you know what? Here you go. And they'll try to solve it by exposing them. Like you have to be okay with this. You just need to get over that. That <laughs> doesn't help, right?
0: Freaking brutal. Yeah.
1: So that's cold. Or um, the one of the doorknobs. Don't go tell them that uh, you've licked every doorknob.
0: <laughs> Did you do this? <laughs> no, no. This sounds
2: like something you've
1: done
0: here. Not at
2: all. You've got nope. a total
0: plan here. Nope. yay. We also don't want to be in that role of being <laughs> vindictive either. So to avoid yeah. the resentment, get that couple therapy. But it, but get come, that
1: individual. But where I see that come up, and I said not a lot, but I've seen it come up. And it has to do with just the frustration of having to live in this yeah. person's world. The resentment. And they're tired of it. So they're like, you know what? I'm going to go. The complete opposite direction and leave the dish, like, you know, doorknob, whatever. So
0: <laughs> I'm imagining you licking all my doorknobs. This is great. It's great.
1: <laughs> gross. <laughs> so so gross. another thing too, in terms of, so we talked about like cognitive behavioral therapy, we talked about exposure, um, mindfulness, relaxation, stuff to help with stress. There are medications for this. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's something that you're willing to do, you don't, I mean, depending on the severity of it. And if you're willing to try it, that's, you know, some people don't like medication. so.
0: With that, again, I'm going to check this out there. Go to a psychiatrist, not your PCP, not your friend. Go to a psychiatrist. You wouldn't go mm-hmm. to your GP for heart surgery. Please <laughs> don't go to your GP for some of this intensive mind stuff. Yeah. This is something that needs to be diagnosed by a professional who's really trained mm-hmm. in it, not your GP.
1: And, and I would even challenge to even get multiple providers' perspectives and who are qualified to diagnose. Yeah. Um, yep. to get different different perspectives and ideas and, and even allow those providers to talk to your family or spouse to help provide some insight too.
0: Because you may not notice everything as uh-huh. it shows up. Yeah. The people around you might notice a little bit more or different parts of it. Also with those, no matter what route you choose, keep in mind that it may not be one thing that solves this or makes it better. It may never be gone totally, mm-hmm. right? But being open perhaps to trying a few different approaches Really figuring out what's best for you, not your other friend who's got it, but what's best for you and your body and your mind. Yeah. Which can look different. Yeah. Well, this has been Relationships Inside Out, where we unpacked a little bit of the OCD world and how we all have some of these tendencies. And for proper diagnosis, again, please go get diagnosed by the appropriate professional, mm-hmm. not by Dr. Google. Um, If anyone has any questions, thoughts, suggestions for next topics, always feel free to email us at relationshipsinsideout at gmail.com. Thank you.
1: Thank you.